Fantastic. Anyway, welcome to Freedom Church. It's good to say that last, isn't it? It's good to have everyone here. It's good to look around the room and see so many faces, people supporting us as the church. We move into a new era. I'm excited about what's ahead of us as a church. Um, I got an email last night from uh, one of the local ministers. Uh, it's great that some ministers are here this morning or representing different churches. I know some have got other jobs this morning, shall we say. Uh, and they said they would join us for lunch instead. They like the idea of a free lunch. But I got an email late last night from Tim Sledge, our local vicar from the Abbey. He said this, and I thought this was great words, and he wanted me to kind of read these to you. Um, he says, I continually thank God for our shared... My, my iPad just went a little, did a glitchy thing. Stay there. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, oh, wow. We love those moments. Anyway, it was a great email. I know you all sit there going, you should use paper and pen. I know. <laughs> I continually thank God for technology, for our shared partnership in the gospel, for our growing understanding of working together to ensure the kingdom of God is made real and known in Romsey. Today you embark on a new chapter of your ministry, a different name, but same risen saviour. Today you refocus your strategy and are galvanized afresh around our common purpose to serve our God. Different name, same creator God. Today you ask for God's blessing on his amazing ability to renew, recreate and refocus us all to his powerful purposes in the world. Different name, same empowering Holy Spirit. So from all of us in our old building down the road, <laughs> a thousand years does count as old I guess. For some of you, we might not appear to be so free, brackets, and there is part of me that longs for us to be more free. So we may have a different name, but we are part of the same church. I think that is fantastic, and I want to say to us all as Freedom Church, yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. It's on us. We are part of one church in this town, serving the needs of the town, and it's great that Dorothy has used all of the various ministers as, uh, this year to support her work as, as the, um, the mayor in the town. And we work closely together. We honour other churches in this town. We don't say, let's be the coolest and have a new logo. We say, let's serve the town and be what we're meant to be and do how we're meant to do church. And those that will love us will be great. Come, you're very welcome. Those that go to the Abbey, welcome. URC, Methodist, etc. You're very, very welcome. But today I want to talk to you a few minutes just talking about freed people, free people. My son Zach just turned 17 and he started driving. And uh, he's, he's passed his theory test, we're very pleased. He's now got to pass his real test. And uh, we are trying to find a driving instructor for him. Now can you imagine the driving instructor turned up to our house and his car was covered in dents and the bumper was falling off. Would we send our son to do his driving lessons with that driving instructor? Someone did. <laughs> but you go to the doctor's, you're feeling ill, you go into the doctor's room after you've waited an inordinate amount of long length of time, you go into the room and the doctor is sitting there and he is sniffling and he is coughing and there is a packet of tissues on one side, half-used tissues in the middle of the paper, the desk there, and a big bottle of some weird medicine. And he's coughing and sputtering. He says, how can I help you? How many of you want advice from a doctor who's not very well? Or maybe you're very busy at work, so you decide to hire a time management consultant. And the first meeting you have with your time management consultant, he's late by half an hour. Do we find people 
we want help from, do we look for those who are successful at what they do? You go into your restaurant and there's a very skinny chef. <laughs> you hire a builder and you see their house is falling down. We're always looking for people to help us who maybe are successful in the areas you're struggling in. If you're struggling with your finances, you probably won't ask help from somebody who can't add up. If you're in a mess and you're tied up in knots, you won't find someone to help you who's also tied up in knots and can't even undo a knot. I want to talk about freed people, free people. The term freed is defined as this, to make free, to set at liberty, to release from bondage, imprisonment, or restraint. In Acts chapter 3, uh, there's a story of these two guys called Peter and John. Uh, for those who don't know, Acts is this story of activities of the followers of Jesus, the Acts, the things they did. It follows the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the stories of Jesus and all that he accomplished on earth. But Acts is the moment when they're left alone. Jesus died, he's been come to life again, and he's ascended back to heaven. And his followers, the disciples, are going about their business. And on this particular day, Peter and John are on their way to the temple. It's the three o'clock service. It's always the three o'clock service. And they're off there going as good Jewish boys and they're heading to the temple. And they're on their way there and there is a man who's been placed by the side of the entrance to the temple. It's the gate known as Beautiful. And this man is sitting there and he's been carried there by his friends. He's unable to walk, he is lame. But his friends take him there every day because they know the people who go to the three o'clock service are one of the most generous groups of people. And so they place him there every day, and he sits there and he asks for money. I want to let you know, those who are regular to church, we talk about giving and tithing. Back in those days, they had a tithe just for the building, the temple. A physical tithe for looking after and maintaining the building. They had a second tithe, oh yes, another 10%, to look after the priests and those who cared for the church building itself or the temple building. And then on top of that, they had another tithe, which was the amount you gave to those in need, the poor, the alms to the poor. And this man would be sitting there and he'd be asking people going to the temple, give us that portion of your, your offering. Give me the alms. Can you help me out? Give me some money. And Peter and John, the Bible tells us, they stop, they turn, they look at him and they say, look at me. It's a bit scary. They say, look at me. And the guy looks expecting money. I'm not sure whether Peter's going to say, I've got a tenner, can you break it down or something? I don't know. But he just stands there and he says, look at me. He says, I I haven't got any money, but what I do have, I give to you, and I say to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, he takes him by the hand, stand up and walk. And at that, the Bible says, as the man stands up, his ankles are strengthened, and he is able to walk, he's able to stand, and he runs into the temple. He dances into the temple. A bit of an aside, but people who were disabled weren't allowed in the temple. All right, there's a whole, whole other story there about women weren't allowed, children weren't allowed, disabled people were not allowed in the temple. This man, who'd been sat outside the temple for years and years and years, suddenly everything changes, and he runs into the temple. He dances and praises God, and people say, isn't that the guy, the dude who sat outside the gate beautiful and asked for money? Is he a fraud? What's going on here? And they speak to him and say, why are you suddenly okay? He said, these two guys, Peter and John, prayed for me. And they say the name of Jesus Christ, the guy who died not so long ago. Suddenly I'm back and I'm well. And look at this. And it says the crowd rushed out of the temple. And they came to where Peter and John were under Solomon's colonnade, which is like a huge porch entranceway to the temple. And they gathered around and said, tell us what just happened. 
And Peter, who just one chapter ago in Acts chapter 2, did his first sermon, he's on to his second now, and he thinks, I'm up for this. And he goes for his big preach. And more people get saved that day as a result of this story, this moment in time. You see, I want to just explain to you a couple of things from that story. You see, Peter and John were there. They could have helped them out. They could have said, you know what, you're a bit tight on money. We'll give you some money. They could have given them some cash. They could have got them some food. You're looking a bit hungry. Let me help you out. We'll give you some food. They could have just ignored them and walked on by. And I want to ask us how often we do that. We are busy and we are walking from one place to another. We're on our way somewhere. We are on our way. We're on our way to church. They're on their way to the temple. We're on our way to work. We're busy. We are caring for members of our family. Um, We are walking the dog. Or maybe one I could be guilty of, you're watching your phone. I had this beautiful moment yesterday. I'm walking along, looking at my phone. There's a lady coming towards me. She's also looking at her phone. Last minute, it was like, oh, real person, and moved away. We do this kind of almost walking on our way places, and we can miss all that's going on around us. We can be guilty of being so busy trying to get somewhere, we ignore what's going on around us. And Peter and John were on their way when they saw this man who needed their help. Jesus often had incredible moments when he was on his way somewhere. The story of blind Bartimaeus. Jesus on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Bartimaeus shouts out, Jesus, son of Nazareth, help me. And he makes his eyesight return. Jesus then passing through Jericho on his way, and Zacchaeus is up the tree. And Jesus says, you know what? Forget where I was going. I'm coming to your house for tea. Jesus on his way to Capernaum, when along comes a Roman soldier. Help me, my servant is unwell, but I have faith that if you come and help him, he'll be made better. Or Jairus' daughter. Jairus catches up with Jesus when Jesus is on his way to Galilee. And he says, help me, my daughter is unwell. And Jesus says, I'll come with you. He's on his way to Jairus' house when the lady who's been bleeding for 12 years touches the edge of Jesus' cloak and she is healed. When Jesus was on the way, many things happened. And I want to just encourage us to start thinking about what we do when we're on our way somewhere. Are we, are we closed off to everything happening around us or are we looking around to see what's happening? I love the fact as well, Peter and John, they weren't in the temple when this happened. They were on their way. They were outside. You know, so often people come to church for the big encounter. I want to say Freedom Church. I want to see the big encounters take place outside of this building. I want to see that every one of you, as you go on your way, and as you meet people along that way, you're seeing people changed and transformed as you go through life. Don't just wait for the big moment. Come to church. It's where it all happens inside these four walls. I want to see a church that is released and scattered servants all over this town and beyond. God is at work outside of our church and not just inside. Just um, a couple of days ago on Friday, I, was, I popped into a shop to get something. It wasn't quite ready for me. And I ended up having this conversation with the shop assistant. Everything in me wanted just to rush off. I was late for a meeting with Joe to have a cup of coffee. And I was quite keen to have the coffee and meet with Joe. And, and I, I was there in this meeting of this lady. And I just, everything in me wanted to go, you know what? I am too busy. I am running late. I need to get to this next place. And I thought, you idiot. You're speaking on this on Sunday. Can't you even just do it for a couple of minutes? And I just thought, right, pause, forget everything else, focus. This person has something to say. And for the next probably 10 minutes, this lady just poured out her life story. She told me all about everything from the roadworks outside her house 
So the sadness of her first marriage had broken down. The child that she reared, you know, single-handedly looked after this little girl, and she just told me her story. And it was an amazing connection. And I said, come along to church. Great to see you there. They're running to do the Brad Beers relay today, so couldn't make it, but maybe another time. A great conversation. And I thought, you know, I could have missed that because I was too busy, because I was rushing. When we're on the way somewhere, let's look out for the stories around us. 1 Peter says this, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this, I love this bit, do this in a gentle and respectful way. I don't want Freedom Church people on the street shouting at people. Please don't do that. Bible bashing, uh, annoying people. I want us to be respectful and gentle and when it's appropriate, but to love those around us when we're on our way. The second thing I want to say this morning is we need to encounter Jesus Christ. If you want to be free, if you want to be free and free indeed, then you need to encounter Jesus Christ. You see, Peter and John have spent three years traveling with Jesus. They'd learned all his moves. They'd heard all his stories. And they had encountered Jesus. And not just they'd been with him while he was alive on earth. They'd encountered him when he was risen, when he was the resurrected Jesus Christ. And he was able to connect with them then. And also they'd had Acts 2, one chapter earlier, they'd been receiving the power of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. They'd had that incredible moment where the Spirit fell upon them. And I believe Jesus is interested in setting us free. I think Freedom Church is a fantastic name for a church. It is the gospel message that Jesus Christ wants to set you and I free. It's the very heart of this gospel story, that while we were still sinning and making mistakes and doing silly things, Christ died for us. We don't deserve it. We have messed up. We keep on messing up. We get ourselves wrapped up in wrong things, but Jesus is in for us, is for us. He wants us to be free. He wants us to encounter him. Galatians 5.1, it was for freedom that Christ sets us free. I want there to be right at the very heart of Freedom Church, and it's part of our vision statement, that we want people to encounter Jesus Christ, to be able to find and follow him. You can come to church and you can follow a set of rules, but we want to introduce you to a person to have a relationship with this man Jesus that can set you free completely. And the last comment here, this idea that freed people free people. Um, I wonder if I can have some help here. Um, Georgia, could you come and help me here? Wonderful. George, he did know this was happening, but wasn't completely sure what was going on. So come us down the stage, Georgia. This is Georgia, everyone. A little welcome for Georgia. Yeah, thank you. So Georgia is a lovely girl, but she had a bit of a bad day. And she's a little bit stuck. Things haven't gone very well, and she's stressed about her GCSEs that are coming up in May. Yeah. May. It's not looking good. And she's also got two parents, Nick and Petra. Oh, dear. And she... I know, can you, can you imagine it? And she's just, life's been a bit tough, to be honest with you. Life's been a bit tough. Um, you know, things are okay, but she, she doesn't quite live in Bracefield, but her dad keeps telling everyone that she does live in Bracefield. And she finds her, she's a bit insecure, and her identity's a bit lost. And she's a bit wrapped up, and she's a bit messed up, and life's not been very good. But the good news is, I have in my pocket a pen knife. It's not a very big pen knife, but it is a real pen knife. Don't do this at home. I know, it's the best I could find. It's not great, is it? But fortunately, Georgia has got a pen knife, but what's the problem here? It's not going to work, is it? But Georgia's got some friends. Can I introduce Georgia's friends? Is that okay? Kath, come and join me. Kath, now, Kath's a really good friend. 
I reckon she could possibly help you. I'll come and stand over here, Cass. Or you've got a choice here. Door number one, Cass. Door number two, Levi. Come and help me, Levi. Uh, Levi, you could, you could come and help as well. So you can choose. Door number one is Cass. Door number two is, is Levi, who's got unusual gloves on. Um, so it's up to you. Who would you like to choose to help you in your predicament of stressed out, exams, nerves, parenting chaos at home, identity issues about where you live? What, what are we going to do here? Uh, Kath over here or Levi? You get to choose, but choose quickly. I'm going to have to say Kath, I think. Why would you choose Kath? Well, I mean, Kath isn't great with a knife, so I'm, I'm risking <laughs> it. Okay, yeah, keep going. But I don't think Levi can help me very well. I don't think Levi can help me very well. It's very true. Freed people can free people. Mm. Kath, take the knife and your friend. Maybe let's put, the, let's put the blade away, because you could really take, well, not much out with that, but yes, off you go, and uh, help, help her down the stairs. That's, Dick and Trevor are good at doing the stairs thing. Lovely. Thank you, Levi, for that. Give them a round of applause for our young people. Just a, a fun visual image to help us realize, you know, when you're stuck and you're struggling, you look for people who can set you free, and freed people free people. And I want Freedom Church to be a place where people are set free. But they don't just stay in Freedom Church. Aren't we clever? We're free. We've got a lovely club full of free people. The job of us as Freedom Church people is to go from here and to free others. It's to go on our way and to take what you've learned and what you've encountered out from this place and say, can we change those around us? Jesus did this all the time. This is one of the weirdest stories in the Bible is a story in Mark chapter 5. And Jesus is on his way somewhere. He's just got out of a boat on his way from Galilee to Gerasenes. And he gets out of this boat and he's accosted by this naked man. Mental as you like. He's absolutely like a, a bag of frogs. This guy appears and he starts screaming at Jesus. You're the son of, uh, you're the son of God. You're Jesus Christ. He starts shouting at him because he is possessed with demons. And Jesus does this really strange thing. First of all, he asks his name. That's a good start. He says, my name is Legion because I have got many demons within me. And Jesus casts these demons out into a herd of pigs. And the pigs then go on a suicide mission like lemmings all the way down the bank and they drown. 2,000 pigs in one day get drowned. That's not great for business in the local community, is it? I mean, is it really, you think about it, that's a weird story. Naked guy screaming at Jesus, he gets rid of the demons, pigs all die. But then this very, very, like, at the end of the story, this man comes to Jesus and he says, now I'm better, can I come with you? You've set me free. Can I come with you? Can I come and join your gang of disciples? And Jesus says, no. I want you to go back to your community and I want you to tell people your story so that they can be set free as well. That's what Jesus asks of us, that we're set free for a purpose. We don't just get set free so we can feel better about ourselves and say, see you later, everyone else, I'm fine, and pull the ladder up to heaven away. Our job is to tell the story and to pass on the message that freed people free people. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And we leave it at this thought before I hand back to uh, Lottie and Tim in just a moment. What would happen if this town, to this town, if people started to get freed up? 
if people start, I love the fact this week we've opened up the food bank, just Monday gone. What do those people who are desperately hungry find food? On Friday, Joe Ibert just got back from being trained as a cap centre manager with me opening a debt advice service here in Romsey. People who are struggling financially find freedom, find a healthy way to handle their finances. What are people starting to get free from the sin that so easily entangles them, that limits them from fulfilling the potential that Christ has given to them? What if each freed person became a sales rep for Jesus? They start telling their story and sharing their journey to others. It was great to hear Norman's story on the screen and Andy's story. Just the last couple of years, people who have encountered Jesus, who have met people from this church and have gone on their own journey. Imagine if we were truly free people that could help others get free through encountering Jesus. So I invite you to close your eyes for a moment. And I just want to pray for us as a community here this morning. I don't know whether this morning you're struggling with some of the things I've mentioned already today. Whether you're struggling with finances, whether you're struggling with health, whether you're struggling with family issues, whether you're struggling with your own uh, with work situation, whether you're struggling with decisions of what to do next with children, family members. I don't know what is restricting you right now. I don't know what's limiting you, but I just want to invite you, wherever you are, your eyes closed, the rest of us, if you would like me just to pray for you to see freedom in your life, I just ask you to pop your hand up so I can just see who I'm praying for. Just put your hands up. Oh, I want to be free. I want to be set free from this. If you are struggling, I'm not going to ask you to do anything, stand up or anything. Just put your hand up. Yeah, put it back down again. Anyone else? You want to pray for a breakthrough in your lives. Anyone else? Wonderful. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And if you have never said yes to following Jesus, if you have said, I, I'm hearing the story, Sim, I'm hearing this message of Jesus Christ, the good news, but you think, I've never said yes to following him, if you would like to say yes this morning to following him, to find complete freedom in him, I want to invite you as well just to put your hand up and just say, yes, I'd be interested in that. I would love to be that person. Thank you. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I thank you. You know, each one of us, by name. Do you care for every aspect of our lives? Do you care for even the details we don't really care about much? The Bible says that you can count the hairs in our head. You know us all by name. You are interested in every intimate detail. And Lord, this morning we bring to you those in this room who are struggling, who are feeling limited, constrained, held back, and I want to declare that this is not just a church called freedom, but this is a place where freedom exists, where people are set free, people become whole, people find that, as we talked about last week, about that shalom, that peace, that perfect plan that you've got for us, living life your way. I want to pray for breakthrough. I pray for people's lives right now who are struggling financially. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for people who are struggling in their work situation of not knowing what step to take, that you would help them make those decisions. For those of you here who are struggling with health and well-being and, and uncertain about how to approach the different things they're challenged by, Lord, may you give them wisdom. I pray for healing and for wholeness. I want to pray for those who are struggling with challenges within families, or family relationships and breakdowns and difficulties. I pray for a way through. I pray for a new way of thinking, that there will be freedom in this house. I want to pray this church will be a church where freedom reigns in this place. Amen. Amen.
That's my, my vision, my desire, that this will be a place people encounter Jesus, that they're set free, and then they go and help other people find freedom for themselves. Wouldn't that be a great vision to have? But better than a vision, wouldn't that be a great reality that we could see people coming in here, getting set free, and going and making a mess of our town and setting more people free? That's something I want to give my life for, and I hope you want to join me in that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Tim, Lossie, over to you.